Today, I want to share some news stories with you that that are both frightening, but also very encouraging if you're a Christian. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Over the past several days, I've been looking at some of the news stories that are out there, trying to find the stories to to share with you on this program. And I'm looking at a number and I'm, I'm kind of seeing a common thread. I'm sure that many of you see these common threads as you look at the news. In all honesty, you know if you are trying to stay current in current events and trying to look past the headlines and the sound bites, it's hard to get accurate news. It's hard to get news that is not tainted on either side. And, and it's been really a challenge for me for these past 21 months to, to be as sure as I possibly can be in the content that I share in this program. I listen to a lot of programs that are out there. Some are conservative-based. Some are supposedly Christian-based and I've been following several for a number of years, and I'm always amazed how many times they have made statements and predictions that never came true. Do they ever correct it on their program? <laughs> never. They just pretend you forgot about it, and they just move on to the next crisis du jour, the next phony prophecy or prediction. The thing that's that really is disturbing is within many of these programs that get it wrong quite often, there is truth. And there lies the problem. And my wife has always said this about a lot of stuff. You can have something that is like 90% perfect, but that 10% poison can kill it. I mean, I can have this wonderful uh, glass of milk, 90%, 90% pure from the farm milk. But if I fill it with 10% poison, it becomes deadly. And that's one of the problems I find with a number of these programs that are out there. And this is what is so hard. It's tempting to, to latch on to the headline of the day. It's so scary and it's so frightening. There are plenty of them out there. And to try to speculate and go beyond that, that story. And if you do... Oftentimes, you find yourself in a wee bit of trouble because what's going to happen, unfortunately, what happens in a case like that is, you know, you get ahead of the story, you make a statement that ends up not being true, and if you ignore what you said that was wrong as you move forward, what does that do to your credibility? And we've worked so hard. This has been something that has just really been a huge thing for me to be certain that the, the stories that I share are as truthful as possible. Now, I want to talk about a number of stories. I'm going to tie them together today. And there's also hope. I mean, everything sounds doom and gloom. And a lot of, a lot of ministries, a lot of programs, they thrive on the doom and gloom. It's the easiest thing to do and, and I'll admit that today, some of the stories that I'm going to share have that doom and gloom element, but there's a couple of positive stories in there as well. And as we tie it all together to understand where we are, 
None of this should be frightening to anybody. Now, we know, and it's well documented, the website was there for ages for anybody to look at, going back long before the pandemic, going back to October of 2019. There was a an event, 201, held in New York City, and it had all the, the typical players. And we all know, if you've listened to this program, event 201 was a tabletop exercise. And for those of you that don't work in emergency management or are not familiar with the term, this is where we in emergency management go through a training process where we're put into a room like an emergency operations center and we are now dealing with information coming in. You know, we, we see, matter of fact, we put one together uh, when I was working in emergency management that looked pretty real if you were inside the, the emergency operations center. We even had some people from the television station in Greenville, South Carolina, put together some well, fake news clips, but it looked really real with the story. And we put together a scenario. Now, this was a natural disaster kind of scenario. And, and how do we respond to it was, was the test. And so you have people that represent all the various emergency management functions, the, uh, everybody from the power company to the fire departments to the police to EMS, you name it. Anybody you'd call out for a disaster. And so we're given a scenario, and now how do we deal with it? And this is how you get trained, trying to figure out. And you have experts in the field that are trying to, you know, throw a monkey wrench into whatever you've come up with. And to see how you would respond to, like, a natural disaster event, maybe a hazardous material event. These, these things do and can happen. And so that's a good way to train, is to have these tabletop exercises and other exercises. They keep your mind alert. Well, if you go back to 2019, there was a tabletop exercise held in New York City, and it was a pretty major event. A lot of big players in it. And Event 201 simulated a um, coronavirus pandemic. (laughs) How about that in October? And a dashboard was built. One of the players in this in this event, I've been to the website, was John Hopkins University. I'm not saying anything good or bad. I'm just saying they were a player in this. And they had this excellent dashboard of infections and maps and everything else. Remember seeing those maps magically appear so quickly? They had already put them together for a tabletop exercise. So in essence, the work had been done. And pretty much what they went through in locking down, in shutting down, in isolating, in quarantining, all these were were the things that they trained on. And then lo and behold, who would have thunk it, as they say, who would have thunk it that just a matter of days later, the first infections were being noted by media? Now, there are some reports that may be valid. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I tend to think there's probably some truth in this. There may have been coronavirus infections we never knew about prior to even October of 2019. That's, that's neither here or there. Now, I've said on this program 
that evil always reveals itself. It's proud of its work. And they recognize the average person is too busy with their own lives to fully pay attention to all the signs that are out there. Why do you think Jesus told his disciples, be aware of the signs and the seasons, that you're not deceived? If you're so busy just paying for gasoline at these high prices, if you're so busy trying to stay ahead of inflation and and the next pandemic and what happened, you may miss some of the nuance in the world that is out there. Back in March of last year, there was a there was another tabletop exercise. And this was also dealing in how to prevent and respond to a high consequence biological threat, like another disease. Maybe not corona this time, maybe something else that'll do even worse. Some people think it may be we're hearing this term monkeypox. It's been out there all week. And this exercise that was done last week, and this is from page six of that exercise. The exercise scenario portrayed a deadly global pandemic involving an unusual strain of monkeypox. Now, remember, this was done in 2021, this tabletop exercise. And this monkeypox virus emerged from a fictional nation and spread globally over 18 months. Okay, let's see. This was from March 2021, so 12 months later would bring us to the end of March of 2022. So we have April, May, June, July, August, September. Hmm. That seems kind of suspicious to me. You see where I you see why I'm I'm looking at this? I'm not saying if it is or isn't. I'm just saying it's something to think about. And they they try to show this scenario revealed the initial outbreak was actually caused by a terrorist attack using a pathogen engineered in a laboratory with inadequate biosafety and biosecurity provisions and weak oversight. And by the end of the exercise, the the, the fictional pandemic resulted in 3 billion with a B cases, that'd be like almost half of the worldwide population, about, you know, 40%, and 270 million fatalities worldwide. And and you look at those that participated in this, you know, we people from the United States National Security Council, people from all over the world, United Nations deeply involved. You see former U.S. senators and others involved, um, which is troubling. And, and I'm looking at the names and and the simulation, um, the simulation timeline. You ready for this? The simulation timeline from last year, okay? I'm looking at their timeline. It all starts in May of 2022. And the outbreak is noted around the 5th of June. And then it just keeps on going and going. And you have to wonder, you know, what is the scenario? They played this game in 2019. And look at how the world was changed. And so when I look at those that are trying to to control this planet and some of the many things that we see happening, when I see a story like this, and it's a credible story, 
I don't know what its outcome is going to be. But as they say, here we go again. Is this going to be another similar type of event to scare people, control people? Look at how many people are still living in fear of the coronavirus. Look at how many people wear a face covering anytime they're outside, anytime they're near anybody, falsely believing that 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 magic mask is going to save them. We know now they do nothing, nothing. Maybe for bacteria, but not for a virus. And so we we have found out who can be manipulated, who can be controlled, and who will live in forever fear. You can see him out there to this day, forever fearful of the next coronavirus. And so will we see something like the monkeypox? It seems to be the name, that term seems to pop up in the news. And and so don't be surprised with what could come down the pike. Now, something else that's happening. And this one is concerning to me on a number of levels. It's that time again when the fine folks at the World Economic Forum have their big, what they call summer meeting, even though it's May, their big meeting in Davos, Switzerland. And it's a huge affair. And, and I'm looking at some of the people that are showing up for that that are actually going to be speaking at this event. And then I need to remind you of what the World Economic Forum stands for and why, it is it a, why it's a danger to you, your freedom, your rights. Most people don't even know what it is. The average person, the average person that doesn't really follow the news knows nothing about the World Economic Forum. They're too busy playing on Facebook. They're too busy on TikTok and Instagram. They're too busy watching marathons of, of old TV shows. They don't know the news. And what little they know about it all sounds really good. We need to protect our planet. Let's have economic fairness for everybody never realizing that all of it is just a way to put you into subjugation to their authority. That's the part nobody ever wants to talk about. And so they're getting ready to meet this coming, this coming week. And, and I, I want to play for you something. Once again, the World Economic Forum has been deeply involved since the pandemic days. And I want to remind you of that. Somebody put together a wonderful montage. It's actually a video montage. You can find it online. And and I'm not going to name all the voices you're going to hear. You'll recognize voices like, you know, Greta Thunberg. You'll recognize Hillary Clinton. You'll recognize uh, uh, St. Andrew Cuomo, the pious of New York, former governor. And, and, and many, many other voices you're going to recognize all talking about and all in lockstep with a term that was then used in the presidential campaign of Joe Biden. And it wasn't just his presidential slogan. This was a World Economic Forum talking point that was echoed by the likes of Justin Trudeau and people just worldwide. This was going to be the narrative that came out starting in 2020. In 2020, when the pandemic had us locked down and shut down and on our two weeks to flatten the curve, all the politicians around the world, all the movers and shakers had a new expression. 
And that expression was build back better. It's a very pertinent question to ask, how do we build back better? To build back better or whatever. We have a chance to reset the clock and build back better than before. To build back better than before. Remember the, the terrible damage of COVID as we try to build back from this uh, global pandemic. Joe Biden calls it build back better. Build back better. Building back better. To do things differently. To build back better. We're going to build it back better. And build it back better. It's my plan to build back better. Uh, start taking all the problems that have been created in right. education, mental health, and start to, to build back in a positive way. I have launched a booklet called Build Back Better, Britain After Coronavirus. It's about building this country back better. Growing conspiracy following it. It is called The Great Reset. An unprecedented opportunity to rethink and reset the ways in which we live. The great opportunity for reset. The theory even calls Mr. Biden's campaign slogan, Build Back Better, a front for the conspiracy. Build back better. Building back better our economy. Build back better. All elements of the great reset are fundamental to building the future we need. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. It's a big effort to, some would say, to build back, back better. We would say to really have a great reset. Conspiracy, conspiracy. Conspiracy. Now, before we leave monkeypox behind, and once again, I told you what the tabletop exercise was showing from 2021 that sometime in May of 2022, what month is this, by the way? Is it May of 2022? And this story came out, are you ready for this, from the South China Morning Post. And here's the, here's the headline. Rare monkeypox outbreaks detected in North America and Europe. Monkeypox cases have now been reported or are suspected in the United States, Canada, the UK, Portugal, and Spain. Well, how about that? And and who is really concerned about this? The WHO said it was investigating that many cases reported where men, oh, this gets even better. The WHO said it was also investigating that many cases reported were particularly identifying as gay or bisexual. Now, that is unusual. And so once again, this story from the South China Morning Post Health authorities in North America and Europe have detected dozens of suspected or confirmed cases. Canada was the latest country to report it. Britain has confirmed nine cases since uh, the beginning of May. The United States verified its first this past Wednesday, saying a man in the eastern uh, part of Massachusetts had tested positive after he had visited Canada. Here we go again. And the World Health Organization said on Tuesday it's coordinating with the UK and European health officials over these outbreaks. Now, evil always reveals its hand. They played the game last year, and now it's time for the game to be played on us. 
Oh, and just to give you a little bit of information here, according to the CDC and others, the illness starts with flu-like symptoms like a fever, muscle aches, swollen lymph nodes, before causing a chickenpox-like rash on the face and body. That from the CDC. And the Massachusetts Department of Health said that the case there, the first confirmed this, this year in the United States, occurred in somebody that had recently traveled to Canada. So here we go again. Don't be surprised. Now, by the way, speaking of the WHO, there's something happening in the background that most people thought would never happen. But as the saying goes, here we go again. While most of us are busy worrying about the price of gasoline and food and and the lack of baby formula on the shelves and other issues around the country, well, our federal government here in the United States has been once again selling us out, selling us short, and basically wrecking the country. It's all they seem to know how to do. And, and now we have a situation developing. Are you ready for this? Where the... The World Health Organization, the WHO. Little story here from a guy named Jeff Thompson, and I've been reading other similar stories about how the WHO will be taking over the United States of America sometime this coming week. And and how are they going to do it? Real easy. Real easy. They they want to have control over our health in this country, vaccine mandates, and they want to have all this stuff that the Biden administration has been so desperately trying to get, that control in our life. Does China have the right to tell us what to do here in the United States? No, but we, but through the WHO, they probably will. See, there's the WHO is getting ready to meet to put together, shall we say, a manifesto that says that their agency can override United States law and constitutional rights when it comes to something like, oh, I don't know, a pandemic. Here we go. What they couldn't pull off before, what they couldn't pull off before, they're going to pull off now or try to again anyway. There's a document out there, and the decision to sign over the sovereignty of the United States when it comes to world health issues will take place sometime this coming week, is what they're saying. And if and when this document is signed, and most people think that it will be, There are many of those who believe that the WHO will then have the right to make decisions for Americans and you will have no consent. And as far as I'm concerned, this is the creation of an illegitimate president from an illegitimate party that literally conspired to steal an election and four years ago or more tried to overthrow the will of the people in stealing and trying to steal an election and committing fraud using using the intelligence services of the United States. In other words, the, the WHO can then have forced lockdowns in your town, regardless of what your governor says. They can have medications even added to your drinking water. 
They can kill off your livestock if you're a, a farmer, if there's a disease risk. And they can even demand that your children, while they're in school, be ordered to be injected with an mRNA substance into their bloodstream like a coronavirus vaccine that doesn't work. Hey, it goes on and on and on. And so you need to understand, you need to understand the globalists have not given up. They're beginning to walk back on the coronavirus pandemic because they've milked it for all it is worth. They've gotten their mileage out of it. And so it's time to move on to something different. And it may sound far-fetched, but in my opinion, I don't think it's that far-fetched. American babies are already being targeted with this, um, what could have been resolved a long time ago in terms of what we have in the in the the food you know the baby formula shortages are you ready for the world that's coming i mentioned earlier this past week on on the program if you listen during the week in elberton georgia Matter of fact, uh, one of the radio stations that airs this program on, on the weekend is based out of Abbeville, South, South Carolina. Not very far from Elberton, Georgia, down Highway 72. And a lot of people don't even realize that in Elberton, Georgia, is this, this monument. And I talked about it this week. It's called the Georgia Guidestones. This is the plan of Satan as far as I'm concerned for the world. Reduce the population down to 500 million because the earth cannot sustain more than 500 million. In other words, all these things that the elitist and the World Economic Forum are demanding, the Georgia Guidestones have been saying for many, many decades. They were put out there around 1980. And everything on those guidestones and what is being asked for to, quote, save the planet. It's already been written out years ago. Evil always reveals itself. So we're in a really unique time. How many nations will sign over their sovereignty to the World Health Organization? And the World Health Organization is beloved by the folks at the World Economic Forum and the United Nations and all those that seek to be the rulers of this planet. Little theological point of view here. When Jesus fasted in the desert 40 days and coming out of that fasting, Satan himself appeared unto Jesus and promised him the world. And all of these things, if you would just fall down and worship him. Satan has offered the same thing to these world leaders. I will give you the world. I will give you the people in subjugation. I will give you the planet. I'll give you its wealth. Just fall down and worship me. I believe the World Economic Forum, with all of my heart, all of my mind, and all of my soul, is nothing but an agent of the spirit of Antichrist. 
the World Health Organization, despite what people may think about its founding, has been co-opted by those same satanic forces that seek Look, they what they have done with the pandemic is proof that it's not about your health. It's not about the world's health. It's about power and elitism and control. And this coming week, there are a number of people showing up at the World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum puts out a, a podcast, and they'll be putting it out daily during this time next week. And I want you to listen just for, a, uh, I think it's like 30 seconds or so, of them telling you about the events that are coming up this week in Davos. This month, the world will meet at Davos in a very special World Economic Forum annual meeting. The Summer Davos will bring together governments, business, and civil society groups from around the globe to look at the biggest issues in a world emerging from the pandemic and facing a starkly altered geopolitical landscape. And you can keep up with all the action on the World Economic Forum's podcasts. I'm Robin Pomeroy, host of Radio Davos, and we'll be podcasting daily to bring you to the heart of the meeting with highlights from the sessions, interviews with some of the world's sharpest minds, and exclusive glimpses behind the scenes. I'm Linda Lucina, and our special mini Davos edition episodes of Meet the Leader will pose timely questions to leaders from business, government, and civil society, giving you quick takes on the biggest issues of our day. Don't miss it. For full coverage of the World Economic Forum's annual meeting in Davos 2022, subscribe now to Radio Davos and meet the leader wherever you get your podcast. Now, I have a list in front of me of some of the participants that will be involved at the World Economic Forum this coming week. And I'm looking at this long list of people from around the world and the, the usual suspects, as they say, will be there. The ones you would anticipate. And, yeah, there are a lot of leaders from third world countries. They come there because they're looking for economic help. And they're trying to get it from the, shall we say, wealthier nations of Europe and North America. So I'm looking at some of the people that will be speaking. And I've got the, I've got the list of the big-time dignitaries that are going to be there representing nations. And I'm looking at some of the people that will be speaking. And I'm looking at a couple of names that, that come to mind. And, and Chris, uh, Christopher Coons. Now, he's a, the senator from Delaware, a Democrat. He'll be a public speaker this coming week. On, uh, and then you got Patrick Leahy, you know, who's really, a, he's a socialist Democrat from, from Vermont. I would expect that. Robert Menendez, you know, the senator from New Jersey, another one of those basically socialist Democrats, you know, earth worshipers. But there were a couple of names of people that are speaking and attending that deeply disturbed me. Now, you you think people that are conservative, you know, we have too many rhinos in the Republican Party. They're, They're a bunch of frauds, fakes, and phonies. They're not conservative. They just happen to know they can win with the R attached to their name and then basically tell you to pound sand. I'm going to do what I want anyway. Roger Wicker, senator from Mississippi, Republican. He's a speaker at the World Economic Forum. Deborah Fisher, senator from Nebraska, Republican, will be there speaking, speaking 
you know, about the challenges that the world faces and how we have to work together to fix these world challenges like climate change. Let me just give you a few names of people from the United States in terms of government that will be there and see if any of these names are surprising or you would expect. Now, Gianna uh, Raimondo, Secretary of Commerce of the United States, I'd expect her to be there. John F. Kerry, Special Presidential Envoy for Climate, will be there, of course. Bill Keating, a congressman, Democrat from Massachusetts. But then Daniel uh, Mauser, congressman from Pennsylvania, Republican. What is he doing there? Madeline Dean, Democrat, Pennsylvania. Ted Lieu, congressman from California, Democrat. I'd expect that. They, they love the earth worshipers. Ann Wagner, Republican, Missouri. What's she doing there? There are a bunch of Republicans there and senators and congresspeople that are Republicans. Pat Toomey, senator from Pennsylvania. What are they doing there? And of course, the former vice president of the United States, Al Gore, who became a mega millionaire off the climate scam. Selling phony carbon credits. Yeah, I love these people that go into government. You know, remember with Al Gore, don't forget this real quick. Back in the 1980s and early 90s, he was pro-life. He was a speaker of pro-life rallies until he became the vice president. And he turned on a dime and became pro-abortion, pro-baby killing. He sold his soul out for money and power. Al Gore's a reprobate. He would have been a horrible president, not that George W. Bush, with a lot of the stuff that he did, he's a globalist too, did much better. That's the world in which we live. Listen, we'll talk about other congressmen like Ted Deutsch, and they're all going there, and other world leaders. I'm surprised Canada's not sending a whole lot of people, but they're not, for whatever reason. As we go to our break, I need your support this month to make sure we have our bills paid as we come into June for the airtime. It was a close call this past month. And if you can help us make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, our mailing address, Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, that's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, that's number 3248, the city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. That's zip code 32536. By the way, go to our website, truth2ponder.com, and you can find ways to support us from the website, this mailing address, and even how to email me directly. And we'll be right back. I've got some other stuff you're going to really need to hear after we take this quick break. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The Ladonai Life. 
Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now the high priest of Israel wore a crown, and on the crown were the words, Kadosh Ladonai, Holy to the Lord. Now it's real significant, because in Hebrew, if you want to say that something belongs to something else, like for instance, the house belongs to me, you say, the house is to me, which in Hebrew is is le, the le sound. So when he had kadosh ladonai, it meant that he was holy to the Lord. It meant that the high priest not only was holy, but he belonged to the Lord. He was the Lord's possession. He didn't belong to himself. Everything in his life was ladonai, to the Lord. And the Bible says that you are a royal priest. If you're born again, you're a royal priest. You need to have the same crown. That means that crown is on your life that says kadosh ladonai. You're holy and you're to the Lord. Everything in your life, you are dedicated, committed. You belong to God, your possessions to the Lord, your resources to the Lord, your time to the Lord, your abilities to the Lord, your money to the Lord, everything to the Lord. Because then you will be a true priest after his heart. And it means you don't really own things, but all that you have is God. So that means you don't own any more worries or burdens or problems. But the one thing you own is the Lord. Start living as a royal priest that God called you to live as. Put on the crown. Give everything to the Lord, your life wholly to the Lord, that you can have no more burdens. And just one thing you would have is God himself and all his blessings. It all begins when you put on the sacred crown that reads, Kadosh Ladonai. Now, the free gift for you. The most incredible evidence, awesome mystery discovered in ancient writings of Jesus in the mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. And sapphires guaranteed to give you the power of living victorious life in God. All free. How do you get these gifts absolutely free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed with the gifts, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, my friend, you're on this earth for a great purpose, to be a blessing. So I invite you to join me in bringing the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of this world. Salvation to five continents with over a billion people. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. Or you can write me direct. But that's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. But write me at the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Live holy to the Lord, Ladonai, in Messiah. Kohen Hagadol, the great and high priest. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Once again, I want to thank all of you that take the time to pray for me and this ministry. We have a lot to still share in this second part of the program. I know I ran over on the first part, so we don't have as much time this segment, but I hope that you'll hang in here with me. I want to to finish up a couple of thoughts and maybe even a positive story if I can fit it in here. Once again, what's going to happen in Davos, Switzerland? What's going to happen at the World Health Organization this coming week? I don't care what anybody tells you. It will have an impact on your life. If we went back to December of 2019, 
and I've shared this before. Some of you that listen only in the weekends, I'm going to share this maybe for the first time with you. Back in the in the winter of 2019, 2020, my wife and I were at our home in Georgia. And we were up there for a little while, and, and I was trying to plan the things I would be doing ministry-wise for 2020. And and as much as I wanted to get involved with some, it's kind of funny as I look back now, I was thinking about the kind of things that could be done ministry-wise back in in 2019 and, and going into 2020. And, and people were saying, you need to plant a church here, maybe help start one there, maybe talk to this organization, maybe get some unity, and there's a lot of stuff going on. And I had this strange feeling. It just felt like nothing's going to happen. It was just the weirdest feeling that I just felt, yeah, I would love to do that, but I just don't feel it's going to happen. I didn't know why I felt that way. And, And my wife would say, but there's this building over here, this place over there. Wouldn't it be nice to start a, a fellowship or a group or a, a, a community of believers, a church, whatever. Wouldn't it be a good idea here or there or somewhere else or or this other mission we know of that needs some help? Maybe we can help it out as well. It all seemed wonderful. Plus, we were looking forward that in um, in basically the end of February of 2020, we were supposed to have a meeting of a number of us clergy to gather together in St. Augustine, Florida for several days to to plan some strategy. And I'm, I'm just coming up with nothing. And I'm about to be, you know, elected their leader. And I just don't have a plan. And I felt very strange. We, my wife and I, we went out and had a bunch of nice shirts made and some coffee cups made. And I, I wanted to do something. It was expensive to do, but it was something I just wanted to do to really encourage my fellow clergy and leaders that we can do something in 2020. Well, we were hearing about the virus stuff, you know, early on in, in February, and I'm already hearing that there might be a need for me to come out of retirement. And and thus our, I remember everything kind of got messed up for that meeting. There was some snowstorms for people coming in from the north and just a bunch of things that caused it to have to be postponed for a couple of months at minimum. And then, of course, we know the rest of the story. Uh, We suddenly had overnight instant panic and pandemonium, two weeks to flatten the curve and everything else that went along with it. Came up literally two weeks after we were supposed, less than a week, really, week and a half after the time I was supposed to be at this meeting. How the world changed so quickly. And, and I look today as I'm traveling and as we're here in Virginia and, we're, and we've been in Florida and, and, I, and, and, and so but everybody wants to get back to normal so bad. Most people that I run into in most places where we travel, they're not wearing their face diapers anymore. Uh, they're not doing the social distancing. They're not elbow bumping. You know, they're not acting afraid and staring at you like you're going to kill me with your breath or if you sneeze. We've gotten past that. And the world leaders going into the economic forum this coming week, they know that. So it's time for a new a new boogeyman. Maybe it's maybe to be monkeypox. Maybe to be a global food shortage. 
Maybe it'll be the war in Ukraine. I mean, listen, right here at the World Economic Forum website, I'm going to read just a couple of things really quick. This is short. They talk about leaders from around the globe meet in Davos, Switzerland for the WEF annual meeting 2022. And this meeting is centered on the theme at a turning point, government policies and business strategies. See, they're going to they're get the world's wealthy involved too. 2,500 leaders from politics, business, civil society, and the mainstream media will participate in their spring 2022 annual meeting. And the website goes on to say, the world's top leaders from politics, business, civil society, academia, of course, you know, the college indoctrination centers and the public education uh, brainwashing centers that we've developed over the past 50 years. They descend on the mountain village of Davos to plan your future. This is not so much to fix the world. This is to plan your future. And this, and they say this extraordinary event takes place at a watershed moment in history. As we deal with the ongoing global pandemic, which will end up being pandemics. One leaves, a new one will start to crank up. The war in Ukraine, the geoeconomic shocks, and, of course, the most important thing of all on their menu, climate change. Climate change. Everybody will have their little battery-powered car. There's not enough grid to support it. Gas prices will be like five, six, seven dollars by the summertime. Mark my words, all over the United States. Probably higher in Canada per liter if you do the math. I see it coming. You see it coming. We all see it coming. And how are we going to deal with it? How are we going to deal with this? You know, the Bible has a lot to say. We need to begin to understand the times and the seasons and not be afraid. You know, Jesus says, fear not. How many of you, you read these headlines, oh my Lord, we're going to have monkey pox. We're going to have, you know, $8 gas. We're going to have, you know, no baby formula. The Bible's been saying this for ages. And so many people that are Christians, they don't get it. They believe like they did in 2019. Yeah, the world's a bad place. You know, we had this, we had that, we had the other, but Trump's going to win. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep the White House in 2020. That's not going to happen. And I felt that so strongly when I began this radio program. I could probably go back in the archive and pull up program after program in September and October saying, we, you know, if Trump wins. We might get a short respite, but don't count on his winning. Not that I had some inside information that the election was about to be stolen, which I believe that to this day it was. Look, the powers of hell, the satanic powers that that are the, the puppet masters of the World Economic Forum and the WHO and every despot in this world, including John Kerry, Mr. Climate Change, I fly in my private jet. He's an elitist. He doesn't care about one whit about you. He only cares about his money and his power and his authority. He likes being worshipped as a ruler. They all do. So what does the Bible have to say about all of this? And I want you to listen carefully. 
Luke chapter 21, and we begin at verse 25. Many of you are going to recognize these words. And there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations and perplexity, the seas and the waves roaring, men's hearts filling with fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Now for those that do not have Christ as their Savior, there is a lot to fear. Oh, I get it. I get it. Verse 29, Jesus continues, and he spoke to them this parable, saying, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away. My words shall never pass away. Now, let's be honest. And maybe you don't follow a lot of this. There are two things that are going on in what Jesus is saying. The destruction of Jerusalem on the one hand and where things will be down the road on the other hand. The signs of his coming are everywhere. I can remember that song, Lift Up Your Head, Redemption Draweth Nigh. Signs of the times are everywhere. There's a brand new feeling in the air. Look up, your redemption draweth nigh. I can remember a life-changing experience for me that opened my eyes and changed the trajectory of my life, even though I've oftentimes failed, oftentimes came up short, needed Christ's redemption every step of the way and forgiveness, and direction. I can remember back in the 1970s. I'm going to share this quick story. I was listening to a radio station that was out of Ithaca, New York. It was on FM. And I had never listened to this radio station before. I was a mere, you know, I think I was probably... Oh, maybe a sophomore in high school, and I had injured my arm, and it was kind of hard to sleep. And I had a, a thing called a pillow speaker that I could plug into my little portable AM-FM radio, as portable as they were in those days. And so if I couldn't sleep, I just put the radio on. Sometimes I put it on AM and listen to the big, you know, high-powered stations out of Chicago, New York City, and elsewhere, you know, CKLW out of Windsor, Detroit area. One day I had it on FM trying to find something because, you know, FM was beginning to have some interesting stuff. I stumbled across this radio station that had been taken over not that long before by the Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN. Five FM radio stations across upstate New York. It was new to me. And a lot of the music and a lot of what they were talking about, even though I came up in a Christian home, a lot of this music and things that I was hearing was a little bit different than I was than I was used to. And the more I listened, it's like God had me in a place where I would have no choice but to listen for a while. 
And it opened my eyes to realize that it is possible. It is possible that I could see the return of Christ in my lifetime. Now, many people back in those days were implying it's going to happen in, you know, in 1989 or 1984. We, there were a lot, there's a lot of that stuff going on. 1988, because, you know, Israel was a nation in 48, 40 years as a generation, et cetera, et cetera. There, there was a lot of that going on. And honestly, I bought into a lot of it too for many years. But there was a song that was out at the time. And this particular rendition I'm about to play for you came out probably in 1972, 50 years ago. 50 years ago. To me, the idea of 1988, let alone the year 2000, seemed like it was a million years away. And regardless of your end time or your eschatology theology, it really doesn't matter. You can be pre-trib, mid-trib, doesn't matter. The one thing you can never get around is that Jesus is coming again. And when he comes, every eye shall behold him and every knee shall bow. And yeah, there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth because they were unprepared. And as this particular song from 1972 reminds us, all of us need to be ready. Many people will be caught unaware. The signs of his coming are everywhere. Are you ready for his glorious return? Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words remain forever. But no one knows the date now when the end will be, not even the angels, no, nor even God's Son. Only the Father knows. The world will be at ease, banquets and parties and weddings, just as it was in Noah's time before the sudden coming of the flood. People wouldn't believe what was going to happen until the flood actually arrived and took them all away. So shall my coming be. Two men will be working together in the fields, and one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be going about their household tasks. One will be taken, the other left. So be prepared, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Life was filled with guns and war, and everyone got trampled on the floor. I wish we'd all been ready. Children died, the days grew cold, a piece of bread could buy a bag of gold. I wish we'd all been ready. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come. You've been left behind. A man and wife asleep in bed. She hears a noise. Two men walking up a hill, one disappears, 
just come out and say it. Are you ready for his return? Have you made yourself right with your Lord? Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? If you don't, now is the acceptable time and now is the day to make that happen. Just say, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. There's not a whole lot you have to do. You don't have to study this, do that, and go through a bunch of formulas. Your salvation is assured by putting your faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you. To save you not just from your sin, but so you don't have to fear this falling apart world around us. If you want to find out more, if you have questions, why not contact me? You can write me directly, Bob, at truth2ponder.com. Bob at truth2ponder.com. We do this program and we look at the news. It just shows us day by day we're getting closer to that day of his return. The idea of a one-world government that has been craved and desired by so many despots and dictators and evil people over the centuries is more possible today than ever before in human history because of our incredible technology. Now here's the good news. If you are in Christ, you have nothing really to fear. You have nothing to fear. The Bible says, fear not, for I am with you. I'm telling you, we're not going to stop this. We're not going to fix anything at an election. The day of destiny for this nation and the world is coming, and I believe it's coming sooner than later. Look, do you believe in the work that we're doing here at Truth to Ponder? Would you help us stay on the air? Consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio and mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248. The city is Crestview. Crestview, Florida, zip code 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.